0: Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep (laughs) as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body. But I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, Mom Academy episode 404 with Casey O'Rorty. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 404. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms Mamas, before we dive in with our special guest, Casey O'Rourke today, I want to remind you one final time of my 2020 plan and prep pajama party. If you are already feeling like you're behind this year, or you're already feeling real unclear and not sure where to go, and you feel like everyone else has it all figured out, the plan and prep pajama party is for you. I want to make sure that you kick off 2020 feeling confident, feeling ready to step into your power, having a good sense of clarity and purpose around what you want to do, why you want to do it, how you're going to do it, and how you're going to do everything this year in a way that feels simple and straightforward and pleasurable and satisfying. Sometimes we make goals really uncomfortable, and then why would we want to go after them, right? So I want to help you frame your year for success, frame your year for joy, for pleasure, for all the good stuff. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna push you to stretch yourself a little, but it does mean I want you to stretch yourself in ways that feel really good and that are really rewarding and validating and have a lot of positive reinforcement behind them. So if you are thinking like, yes, 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 I need some of that, go check out my invitation to you over at shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. The pajama party is a virtual workshop. It is this Sunday, January 12th. And registration for the event closes tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you're listening in live time, you don't have very much time left to get your ticket to this event. This is a virtual event and space is limited. So I can't even guarantee by the time this goes live that there's many spots left. If you know that you need some clarity around this year, if you know that you wanna plan in a very specific action plan, know that this is where you're going to get it. You're going to get a ton of clarity. You're going to be able to establish your purpose for the year. You're going to be able to really make sure that your goals are in alignment with your dreams and your values. And then we're going to put together a 90-day action plan that is just for you. That 90-day action plan, I'm telling you, is pure gold. It is going to get the ball rolling on the right foot, on a positive foot, on a powerful foot. It's really going to help you kick off this year with some fun, exciting momentum that you're going to feel really good about. So if you're ready to light this year up, With some other Shameless Moms, go to shamelessmom.com slash pajama party right now to grab your seat at the virtual plan and prep pajama party. And without further ado, let me tell you about our guest today, Casey O'Rourke. Casey is a facilitator of personal growth and development. Her work encourages parents to discover the purpose of their journey while providing them with tools and a shift in mindset that allows them to deepen their relationships with themselves and their families. As a positive discipline trainer since 2007 and certified coach, Casey has led countless groups through workshops and classes that have left them feeling empowered and excited about parenting. She also offers the engaging podcast, live and online courses, and individual coaching at joyfulcourage.com. Her first book, Joyful Courage, Calming the Drama and Taking Control of Your Parenting Journey, launched on May 20th, 2019. And Casey lives in the Pacific Northwest with her greatest teachers, her husband and her two teenagers. She tells me that teenagers are quite the teachers. So for those of you who are like me, I have a seven-year-old and are like, oh, I wonder what's to come. Apparently some amazing learning moments for parents. Casey has a 17-year-old daughter, a 14-year-old son, making her a very shameless mom of two teens. So I want you to listen in to hear Casey share how she lives and leads and makes things happen as an unapologetic extrovert. She's also going to share the basic human need of connection and mattering and how it relates to positive discipline parenting. She's going to talk about the truth about your kids living in a reactive state. She's going to share how to find the courage to be imperfect. She's going to talk about how to move from the role of pilot to co-pilot when parenting teens. Oh my gosh, I thought this was super insightful, and I can already tell it's going to be a massive challenge for me as a control freak kind of gal. And she's also going to share how to manage your own narrative versus your teen's narrative. So we talk a lot about parenting in here. We talk about parenting the littles. We talk about parenting the teens. Lots of good stuff in between. I hope that you will love this interview, and I cannot wait to introduce you to my friend Casey O'Rorty. Casey, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Me too. Long overdue.
0: I know. We've been in the mom podcasting universe together for a long time and even met in person. We just decided it was maybe three years ago. And we've been thinking like, oh, let's do this. Let's do this. And now here we are years later. So I'm super excited and honored that we've like been able to make this work.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. I feel like we've been kind of dancing. Like We've been at the same dance yes but on opposite sides of the room so yes. it's nice to come together and and tango with you yeah you like?
0: <laughs> yeah and i actually i didn't tell you this in the pre-interview i should have so i'll just embarrass you now but i actually first saw you in person at mama leanne it, well, i'm trying to remember if it was the year leanne took over i think it was the year leanne cabot took over MamaCon, and you were the mc for the event Yay. And you had so my podcast was very new at the time and your podcast was not so new and you had like a squad there. And I remember <laughs> awesome. you getting on stage and you were like where are my joyful courage mama's at and like the crowd erupted and I was like oh <laughs> I was like I want to have people do that when I say where are my shameless moms. <laughs>
1: Well, MamaCon is a very, you know, that's a crowd that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, I yeah. started, I was involved in MamaCon from the very first year. Love Amy Lang and Kim Estes and love Leanne. And so that's a warm crowd for me. That was fun. I do remember that. I was like,
0: yeah. Oh, I
1: felt very good about that response.
0: I felt like <laughs> you were the totally like the cool girl in school. And I was like, someday, someday <laughs> I can be the head cheerleader too. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, super funny. super fun though to see that and it actually it was really inspiring to me I have to say when you any woman who's starting something and building a community around it on their own it feels a little like I don't know if I build it are the people really going to come and to see you having built something I was like they came they came mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, super super cool Thank so you. let's come into a little more present day tell us about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now
1: yeah well I've always been a relationship girl. I mean, from very young, I'm a super unapologetic extrovert, although I'm finding that there is an introvert inside of me that is kind of coming into her own. Mm. Uh, But mostly I'm super extroverted. Like I was the kid at my mom used to say at the beach, she would watch me she would watch me watch the other kids and slowly get closer and closer and closer until we were all playing together. And then finally I was actually in the middle leading the game. Let's just do this. And I'm the same way. Like I literally just, I just moved to a new town and I had met casually one of my son's friends, moms. And I've been, she's just kind of been on my mind and I've been thinking about like, I we could be friends. And so I asked my son to get her number from his friend and, And I totally cold texted her a couple days ago and I said, Hey, this is Ian's mom. I think we should be friends and hang out. What do you think about that? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just like sent the text out and my son was like, Oh my God, mom. But you know, I love being around people. I love being in community. I love being in relationship. Early on, I was a school teacher. Like way back other lifetime ago in 99, I got my teaching certificate. And even in the classroom, you know, this was back before the classroom got so regimented around record keeping. Thank God, because I was like, I remember I was so good at relationship. Like the kids loved coming to school. I loved facilitating learning. But as far as like keeping records and assessments, report card time would come and I'd be like, you know, they get it. I'll give them a three. You know, there was no like classroom based evidence that I could have pulled out to like show the parents (laughs) where this grade came from. And, and that just carried on. I had my kids, you know, and I lived in a really small town up here in Washington state where I really didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around any kind of childcare options because there just were none except for some maybe like sketchy in home situations Mm -hmm. that I was not Open to and my husband and I both were on the same page. And so I stayed home with the kids and but I love teaching. I love facilitating. And so that's when and I loved, you know, even as a teacher, I did home visits with all of my kids. I worked in this tiny little rural three room schoolhouse. Oh, my gosh. In Index, Washington. Do you know where that is? I've
0: heard of Index. I feel like I've seen it on freeway signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's He's my right. level of expertise. the turnoff on Highway 2, yeah. <laughs>
1: and so I did home visits every year. I loved being in relationship with families. And then being on my own parenting journey felt like I had a lot to offer. Plus, you know, my first child was so, quote, easy that clearly I knew what I was <laughs> right. doing. Right, because you were, you be were an teacher. expert.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh jokes on me i'm um, well I'm laughing because I worked in a psychiatric hospital with kids as my first career, so when I was pregnant with my son, I was like I remember telling my husband like don't worry I got this like mm-hmm. I used to work with kids in a psych hospital we're good here <laughs> and, yeah, this is going to be easy for right? me and then he came out I was like oh it's really different when they're your own like yeah. in the, working in that office environment or in that hospital environment I felt like I had like a formulaic answer and protocol for anything that would come my way even in an acute care facility and parenting never yeah. never have a templated formulaic answer for anything yeah Yeah, like right in this moment, I'm having
1: this thought of like, oh, I could go back to all of those parents and just say, like, well, first of all, thank you for trusting me with your kids, but also, sorry. (laughs) I had no idea. I mean, I remember being so judgmental about like finding (laughs) multiple newsletters in my students' backpacks. Like, what the hell? Why aren't your parents reading these? And now I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to open that email. (laughs)
0: every single week I'm supposed to read oh, in weekly man. we get yeah. two a week from Vinnie's school a school one and a class oh, one that are God. like massive like 18 paragraph like, yeah it's too much it's too like, much how do people read all these and I only have one kid like some parents have to do multiples of these like, oh yeah crazy yeah but I mean for me it, when
1: it got really challenging because With my daughter, you know, I discovered Dr. Sears and attachment parenting, and I was super open to just having her in the sling and on the boob and in the bed all the time. And that is exactly where she wanted to be anyway. So it was like, oh, yeah, you know, this isn't high stress looking back. Yeah, she was super needy. In the moment, it just felt like we were in sync. Mm. Um, So that's interesting. but That is interesting. Really having my second child that shifted the dynamics enough in my family to recognize like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And this is really hard. And I'm not, you know, the conditioning that I thought I put behind me showed up. And Mm. that's when I really... When it got really challenging for me and I had to start to recognize that there was some deep work that I got to do and some learning and that's when I discovered positive discipline, the actual like capital P capital D positive yeah. dis- program, I became trained to work with parents, but really the training was so profound for my own personal experience. And then I really haven't looked back since then. I've been working with parents in my home, in at local YMCAs, in schools, online. About five years ago, I be, or six years ago now, I went through a life coaching program because people wanted to work one-on-one. And I just felt like there's something to this one-on-one work that I need to level up in. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna actually go through a program. Yeah, and it's, you know, I mean... It's so crazy doing what we do because it's I you know, it's my professional work, but it's also like my everyday moment to moment how I am with my family. And it's a crazy thing to show up in front of parents after having just come unglued on <laughs> your own child, yeah, and say, like, yeah, listen to me, right. <laughs> I got you. Totally got you. Yeah. And and you know, I'm not a per like, I can't fake it. I'm yeah. I've always been a person who's just super transparent and authentic. And so, you know, I didn't show up that way. I really mm-hmm. showed up like, Hey, everyone, just wanting you to know that I had a crazy ass afternoon with my kids, you know, yeah. and something that has been really powerful and validating for me to hear from the people that follow my work and work with me is that they really appreciate that authenticity Mm -hmm. and that it, it's actually probably one of my superpowers. Um, which, you know, I keep on one in one place and then, but it is, it's challenging not to feel like a big fat fraud when things are falling apart in your personal life and you're expected to be this leader and guide and But again, I come back to like,
0: but you know what, this is real life and I get to be a model of real life. So yeah, this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is swear it's like, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S. AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And I don't think that like, the thing is about the leaders that never share the like shit being upside down part, Mm -hmm they're not doing anyone any favors. Mm. (laughs) And so I think that people really appreciate that when they get a really clear dose of reality and they can see how you are managing in those moments that are really hard. And I think that actually provides a lot of hope and it provides connection too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that too. And,
0: you know, even when,
1: well, I mean, there's a million corners I could turn right out. But like, (laughs) it's interesting because, you know, I've been trained. I'm a I'm now a positive discipline trainer. So I can I lead parent educator training so I can train people to become positive discipline parent educators. I also work with classroom teachers Mm. um, to bring positive discipline, which is social, emotional character development curriculum into the classroom. But really what I'm finding And what I'm learning through my own parent experience is that tools and strategies are great, you know, like they're nice to have to reach out for. But really, the opportunity that we have on the parenting journey is to get really clear on who we want to be, right? Who we want to be when our kids are, you know, whether it's throwing tantrums at the grocery store or, you know, making what feels like really stupid choices in the teen years, you know, who do we want to be inside of that? And again, for me, it like what's my biggest anchor is, like, I want to be in relationship with my kids. Mm -hmm. I know that whatever comes, if we have a solid relationship, which is different than like, I want my kids to like me, right, which I do suffer from that as well. I'm just going (laughs) to
0: be
2: honest.
1: I want everyone to like me.
0: And when they don't, I'm like, "How?" Can I love you that me? you uh, treat it as an affliction, but I do suffer from that as well.
1: <laughs> right? I'm so envious. I have this one really good friend who is just so unapologetically herself, and she's like, "I don't give a fuck about what people think about me,"
0: and I'm like how do you do that? <laughs> is there yeah. a formula for that? A course, an online course? A podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally.
1: But anyway, so as it's, you know, but as we've come into this season of parenting teenagers, you know, it's really just come. It's like that, you know, what they say about the lessons going to keep showing up until you learn it. Like mm-hmm. clearly my life lesson is, you know, letting go letting go of my agenda, letting go of my narrative, letting go of being right and having to have like total certainty, which Mm -hmm. are all things that make me feel safe. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, there's nothing like the teen years to challenge all of that and not, you know, and so it's like, okay, so how do I be this?
0: Right.
1: Right. How do I be with all of this and not you know, lose my shit every day. So
0: I want to dive into the teen stuff in a minute. I want to go back. You've mentioned positive discipline parenting a few times. Can you explain a little bit about the specifics behind that philosophy? And then I want to talk more about what we do as parents versus who we are, because you touched on that as well.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So positive discipline, the basis of positive discipline comes from the work of a guy named Alfred Adler, who was one of the first social psychologists at the turn of the century, I guess, 1900s, early 1900s. And his work really came back to this idea that human behavior is based and motivated by our need to feel belonging and significance. So connection and mattering. And now it's what's what I find interesting is I love Dan Siegel's work. I love the brain science that's coming out. And it's all of it totally supports this really basic human need around connection and mattering. And so Jane Nelson and Lynn Lott are kind of like the positive discipline gurus, the grandmothers. Jane Nelson wrote the book Positive Discipline. Um, has And has since, you know, authored and co-authored many, many books that have branched off of that. There's a, an entire association, um, the Positive Discipline Association, that offers trainings and classes and community around positive discipline. But that's like, that's the biggest piece. And it's different, right? A lot of us were, and and even in schools, I mean, and our society is really based on this behaviorist model. Like, do the right thing and you get rewarded and do the wrong thing and you get punished, Positive discipline is like just an a totally different lens to look out of which is like How do we learn from you know learning from mistakes offering encouragement? Looking for solutions instead of blame and it's funny because you know just talking about how our society net doesn't necessarily Model this I had a parent one time in one of my classes years ago who said yeah, okay, well when my son's in front of a judge The judge is not going to say, well, you know, let's come up with a solution. The judge is going to say, you know, you have to go to prison or whatever. And I I remember looking at this dad and it was, you know, I was just kind of coming out of this period where, again, wanting everyone to like me, wanting everyone to drink the Kool-Aid, like, please don't challenge me. Just go with it. And I looked at him and I noticed my feelings. I really connected with him and said, yes, that is true and we don't have to run our homes as if they're a courtroom. Yeah, You know, like our kids, we can't assume, like like there's so much assuming in parenting, like they know better, they have the tools in the moment that they need to do the right thing, like, and it's just, it's positive discipline to me has really just reminded me over and over again that my kids are doing the best they can with the tools they have in the moment and so self-regulation is a big piece of it and learning social emotional tools and you know I remember like supporting my son something funky happened at the neighborhood park and he could was clearly upset like that he quote went along with it and it would have been one of those great moments of like well now this is what the punishment is so you better Mm -hmm. not do it again or this is what's going to happen. But instead, I was like, huh, you know, you're going to be at the park playing with these same friends again. And if you get because he's really big on like, I got this feeling in my belly that it wasn't the right thing, which oh, I love. I, yes, that's so and awesome. So, and so we worked on like, what are like, what's a one liner that you can pull out of your pocket when you feel like things at the park are going in a direction you don't want to participate in. So we kind of played with a couple different you know, things. And one of the houses across the street from the park had a clock on it. And so he decided that it would be, he would look at the clock and he would say, oh shoot, I was supposed to be home 10 minutes ago. I got to go. And then Mm. just turn and burn. Like, so giving him an out, giving him a way to extricate himself from that situation versus like just the traditional, like, why did you do that? It's not okay. You know, punishment thing, assuming that that's going to be enough. For them moment to save face to navigate whatever social dynamics happening I mean that's just one little example well, And to but... your
0: point about connection and mattering that was a huge opportunity for connection and mattering and you gave him something that can be useful down the road versus like a punishment would not have allowed for connection or for him to feel seen or like he mattered or that that I... pit in his stomach mattered and so it would have been like a total lost opportunity
1: totally 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 so, I mean, there's books and books, there's a whole library of positive discipline, but I mean, in a nutshell, it's that connection mattering, yeah, um, it's it. kind and firm at the same time. It is creating boundaries and co-creating routines and agreements. It is not like a top down authoritarian style, Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also not permissive. I think a lot of people hear the words positive discipline and think that, oh, we're just going to catch them when they're good and be positive all the time, and that's also, that's not true, you know? We still get to be who we are. Like, I'm sarcastic, I get bugged, like I am myself. I'm also really aware of my own personal work that I'm being Mm -hmm. asked to do over and over again in my life.
0: So let's talk about distinguishing between what we do as parents and who we are as parents, and you've already alluded to this, but I think that this is so important And you just also mentioned like doing, you know, the work that you're doing on yourself and oh my gosh, I think that parenting like constantly pushes us into growth and it's easy to try to shut that, or it's I think it's easy to sometimes automatically wanna shut that down. I mean, like I had a moment this morning where I was like, child, if I have to tell you to get dressed one more time, like we're done. And so I had to like check myself and be like, oh, but it's not really gonna benefit anyone if I just yell again for him to get dressed. So can you talk a little bit about that distinction?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to me, you know, and I, I talk a lot about this with my, especially with my private clients, but it's that like, cause people come to me and they're like, help me fix my kid. You know, like I need things to change with my kid and (laughs) spoiler alert. (laughs) Don't ruin it
0: for us, Casey. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Sorry. But the work is really about you know, recognizing how we're contributing to the challenge that we're having and shifting things up in the way we show up. I mean, that's where that's where lasting, sustainable change happens, because our kids are really living in reaction.
0: Yeah,
1: they're living in reaction to, you know, their environment, to the people in their life, to their sense of control and influence, you know, and they have a very small perspective. I mean, how old is your son? He's seven. Okay, so he's seven. So he's had seven years of life experience Yeah, to broaden his In
0: my mind, that's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of years, oh, a lot of years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. It's funny though, the older I get, the more I'm like talking about people in their 20s. I'm like, oh, those kids. Anyway, so, you know, recognizing Because they're in reaction to us, which means that when we can change and not even change, but like expand who we are in moments of struggle and challenge, we're offering a new ripple into the environment. And I also talk about this too, because a lot of us wake up in the morning and we're like, okay, today I am going to be calm. (laughs) I'm going to keep it together <laughs> and it's going to be a great day. And then, yeah, like they won't get dressed in the morning and we're like, what the hell? Are? So what I try to really encourage parents to do is to create a practice where they're tapping into like, what does calm even feel like? You know, what is loving feel like in the body? what is, curious, because I talk a lot about curiosity and being curious, both with ourselves and with the people around us. What are those things like? What are the physical manifestations of those things in the body? And then it becomes how can we practice this when we don't necessarily need it? Because if we wait for the big game, like if, you know, Michael Phelps waited for the Olympics to swim, he would not be the gold winner, you know, the gold medal winner that he is, he practices over and over and over again. And, you know, any athlete, any anybody that's really killing it, you know, in the big game, whether it's on a stage or on a field or just wherever it is in life, they're practicing that way of being over and over and over when the stakes are low so that, you know, when you are confronted by the meltdown right before school and you're late for work, it's like, oh, yeah, I know what this feels like. I'm just going to really practice breathing into that calm body that I've cultivated for myself over yeah. time, yeah. because then it doesn't really matter what we say or do. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many parents, they want a script, too. And and there are scripts. I mean, there's formulas, there's scripts, there's, co- you know, there's one liners. But if it do- isn't coupled with like genuine empathy and genuine curiosity and genuine, just beingness, Mm -hmm. it's going to fall flat. It's not, you know, it's not about what we say or do. It's about how we are in relationship with the people in our life. And I think that when we can put that first and foremost, it also will help us in those moments of feeling really triggered because I mean, we all go there. I've wrote a whole book about it. I call it the emotional freight train, where it's just like you're all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, I'm on this ride that I'm not in control of. But gosh, darn it. I'm going to let it take me down the tracks. And the next thing you know, we're having one of those really awesome experiences that we're like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I did that or said that or, (laughs) you know, like, oh, my God, I can't believe. And we have a big mess to clean up. So it's really like doing the work of wreck, like just growing in our Awareness around like, oh, I'm on that train right now. I'm Mm -hmm. in that, I'm in my trigger. And once we can like just take that one step away, like, oh, I'm having this experience instead of just being in the experience, then we have a little bit of room and space. And then we the next thought can be like, do I want to stay here? Or do I want to try something new? Right. And and then between trying something new and actually Trying something between deciding and trying, you know, there's also a space of like, well, first I got to, you know, bring my heart rate down and and do my own little little routine of like calming down and bringing the prefrontal cortex back online and and being able to be fully connected to ourselves so that we can then connect with our child and like in your case you know or in the story because that's so common like oh my god how many times do I have to tell you to get dressed <laughs> it can sound like wow what's going on you're having a hard time getting your clothes on this morning is there something you want to tell me or how can I help you right like
0: and then it's like everybody just kind of like oh
1: okay I'm seen and
0: hurt so my child's reason is usually because he's laying on his floor naked singing fart songs <laughs> <laughs> at the top of his lungs which I have very limited patience for yeah well and if it's a usually then
1: that's it's awesome usually. because then <laughs> it's like tell me about laying on your floor like tell me right. about the mornings like right. what's going on in the mornings and I, I do you know Mom? I'm crazy in the mornings do you notice <laughs> that like how
0: does that feel for you
1: Yeah, so So
0: funny. So I want to know, you mentioned something early on about recognizing conditioning that you thought you had put behind you that then came back when you early in parenting. Can you talk about meeting our kids where they're at rather than staying stuck where we are at or or even like you mentioned the word triggering as well, even sometimes for us regressing because of past conditioning?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in therapy, so... (laughs) everybody should be I totally
0: agree by the way yes
1: find a good therapist I mean it's a dance right Mm -hmm. and one of the one of the positive discipline mantras that I love well there's two one is the courage to be imperfect Mm -hmm. right having the courage to be imperfect And two, it's about progress and not perfection. So I just want to preface this with saying, like, I don't ever expect to get to a place in my life where I no longer am making mistakes or feeling my feelings or, you know, just being a human. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I also have I'm, – I'm also relentless around wanting to learn and grow and develop as a human. And so, you know, just wanting to say that. And I think that, again, meeting our kids where they're at, like I said earlier, really is first about – the first thing we have to do is meet ourselves where yeah. we're at. And, and recognize
0: um, and yeah. Take ownership from where we're at.
1: Yes. Yes. And recognize like I'm off the rails right now. Right. If, if that's where we are, because sometimes meeting our kids with, you know, sometimes depending on who you are and what your baggage is, like some things that like I'm OK with are not going to be okay with you. And you, it might be that one thing that gets right under your skin and flips you right away. Whereas I have something different that might just not be a big deal to you, you know? So we all have differing trigger points and conditioning. So keeping that in mind, but also, you know, so sometimes meeting them where they're at is just like recognizing that they're having a hard time. Like I love it's, Passed around all the time. Your kid isn't being, your child isn't being a problem. Your child is having a problem. Mm, yeah. And so keeping that top of mind when, you know, the snarky shows up or the defiance or whatever it is, you know, the, the, the withdraw or the, you know, ignoring your child isn't being a problem. Your child is having a problem. Something is getting in the way of them being feeling connected, knowing that they matter, being in contribution. And so like just becoming curious about that, like having that be kind of our anchor around, Mm -hmm. okay, so what's up? I noticed that, you know, you didn't want to do X, Y, or Z, or I noticed that, you know, your answers have been really short to your sister or I'm noticing and really like coming from a place not of, okay, I have this thing to say to get to the bottom of it, but really like treating them as if you would treat your, your girlfriend yeah, or your husband, like, well, maybe not your husband,
0: <laughs> girlfriend, <laughs> girlfriend, let's for, go with girlfriend. <laughs>
1: these are good tools for husbands and wives and partners. Too. Um, but really going to them as a fellow human, just like clearly you're having a hard time. Like, what can I do? What, you know, what do you need? Tell me a little bit about it. So, you know, that's when we're not triggered, right? And then when it is those things that trigger us, just getting really good and really willing, like humble humble yourself mm-hmm. and recognize like, oh, this is a thing for me. Like when I walk in, my office is right next to my son's room. And when I, he, of course, he's a 14-year-old boy. Like he could care less about where his clothes lie. <laughs> And I walk in there and this is part of my childhood. Like I love, love you mom, but she irons her sheets. She's totally OCD about cleanliness and tidiness in all facets of her life. I'm not quite there, but there are certain things that like walking into my son's room and have it just an explosion of clothing. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I mean, it's, so challenging for me not to have the first thing that comes out of my mouth be like what the hell dude like why is this so hard for you and so I get to be in the practice of like okay here's my thing my thing's coming up you know Mm -hmm. so calming myself down and then just carrying on with whatever I was in there to talk to him about
3: look Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1
1: And then later, maybe saying some, well, not maybe, like I do say, (laughs) you know, like this is not this. I know that he'd like we all do better when the world is not so cluttered. So Mm -hmm. like, what is this going to look like for you later? Or the other day, which was straight up like clothes have to be dealt with after school tomorrow. And I'll hold on to your phone while you do it.
0: <laughs> I don't <know laughs> Let me invite you to hand over your phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not inviting you to give it to me. I'm just <laughs> telling you I will hold it and you can complete this. And, you know, because we do so much co-creation around things and I do invite him into sharing his thoughts and his opinions, I can lean on something like hand it over, do it now mm-hmm. every once in a while with very little pushback from him not from my daughter, a different story, but from him, he's way more easygoing because we've set up this environment where he's, you know, for the most part, not being told quote, what to do all the time. Right. But it requires me to like really recognize that I'm in my own trigger that doesn't have anything to do with him because that's his room. I mean, who cares what his clothes look like? Well, apparently me, but
0: <laughs> right. It is funny the things that like I get so annoyed with. I mean, back to the Naked Fart song. I'm like, oh, my God, if you start singing that song right now, I'm going to lose my mind. And then, of course, you start singing it. And I have to recognize like, why do I care? Like, why can't I let it go? And I literally will like spin up this whole thing in my head where I'm like, well, you know, for four years now, I've been listening to Potty Talk all day long and no one should have to be subjected to four years of like I can make this story in my head that sounds so dumb when I say it out loud. Yeah. But when he's singing the fart song at the top of his lungs, naked, when I've asked him to get dressed eighteen <laughs> times, I'm like I can't, I cannot listen to it one more time. It's so funny the things that you like. Your logical mind is like, "That's nothing," and then your not so logical mind is like, "I will go to war for this."
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. So my my kid, you know, Rowan went through the phase, but Ian's totally well phase, whatever. Ian loves rappers, and so like
0: rap people. As in the the singing rappers, not as in candy rappers.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Just just to be clear on what I'm talking about right (laughs) now. And he is always like, Mom, guess what? And he tells me some story about some rapper who I've never even heard of. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." or a YouTuber, right? Or some YouTuber. (laughs) And in my not so great moments, I'll say something like, Ian. I don't give a shit about that guy. Like, I don't <laughs> need to hear anything about that guy, you know. And then in my better moments, I'm like, huh, you know, I'll say something like, oh, tell me about what that what's interesting about that to you, or I'll just be like, huh, that's weird, or you know, yeah. just kind of respond. But in my not so great moments, I'm like,
0: why? Yeah, <laughs> why do you think I care. Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> so, what do you think I- gets in the way for parents with teenagers? And talk a little bit about because I'm not in that phase. I'm in this phase of you know naked fart songs so what do you think how have things changed for you and Uh, as you've entered so you have two teens one is going to be 17 by the time this goes live and then the other one's 14 you are like really really in it how do things change and what do you think gets in the way for parents
1: oh god i mean you know, just to preface this, I have a really good friend who her daughter is now in her early 20s and I remember when I would see her and I'd say how are you, she would always have tears in her eyes when oh, her daughter gosh. was a teenager and I was
0: just like god,
1: like why? Why does it always have to be so dramatic? <laughs>
0: <It> <laughs> or she's back t- in that judging like- thing. Like we always go back to judging the thing where you're like it's not going to be that hard when I get there. I don't know what is wrong oh, with yeah. these people. <laughs> oh, totally. You know, and she'd be like, just buckle
1: up, you know, and I, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's probably not going to be that hard for me. <laughs> and I think that when I, I'm you know, an now, expert. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and she was too, <laughs> like, she's totally a positive discipline trainer, like same as me. So I don't know who I was trying to fool, but I think really, I, well, I know who I was trying to fool, which was myself, because it was really painful to see the pain that she was in and I couldn't hold it. I couldn't even bring myself to be with it because it was too painful. And I got to tell you, I've been through the, I'm in the gauntlet, like the gauntlet carries on, you know? (laughs) And I mean, there's a lot of different scary gauntlets and I just happen to be in one of them, but I think, you know, there's this idea and I don't, and at the same time, I couldn't it when people were like, well, just wait for the teen years. Like that used to drive me crazy. And now I'm like, oh, sorry, but <laughs> teen years are hard. <laughs> and, you know, hard is relative and hard looks different in every family. Um, I think that it, you know, and, and Jane Nelson talks about this in her book, positive discipline for teenagers. It's the very beginning of the book. She talks about that we you know, once the kids hit the teen years and late, not thir- not like the first day of 13, but as we move in 14, 15, 16, it's really our job is to be the co-pilot And you will not know how challenging it is to get out of the pilot seat and into the co-pilot seat until you have to.
0: Yeah, that sounds hard. That like gives me a little bit of anxiety. I'm pretty good at being the pilot, I feel. (laughs) Great. I'm a great pilot,
1: man. Everyone should let me be the pilot. I don't know what their problem is.
0: (laughs) Totally, totally. But,
1: you know, ultimately, you know, it's the co-pilot thing. It's, you know, the recognizing that we are holding a narrative like all of us, even the most, you know, open-minded parents. I mean, unless you have already been confronted by, you know, something early on, if things have been smooth sailing up until the teen years, you have a narrative, you have an idea of what this is going to look like, you know, four years of high school, probably some dances, maybe some sports or theater or whatever your kids into, they'll go to college, like you have a narrative. Totally. And my advice is to loosen up on the narrative, because that is your narrative. Mm -hmm. And your child has their own narrative. And ultimately, that's the one that matters. Yeah. That's the one that matters. And the more that we push back on that, like we're giving messages all the time to our kids, which doesn't matter what age they are. We know this, right? Like good, bad, you know, we're we unintentionally shame them, you know, we make them feel guilty. We do all the things. And and it doesn't make us bad people, okay? We're just humans doing the best we can. But when we're confronted by A shift in narrative for our kids. And this can be anything, right? It, you know, it can be around sexual identity and gender. It can be around what they want to study. It can be around them, you know, playing a sport for 10 years and then deciding they don't want to play anymore. It could be them dropping out of school altogether and picking a whole nother path. Like, or it could be, you know, mental health that doesn't show up until they're in their teen years. The narrative changes and we can either be in resistance, which is, you know, just adding to the pain and suffering that already exists inside of whatever the change is, or we can stand in that place of acceptance and allowing and curiosity. And again, being that co-pilot, being that, you know, And it's and I'm saying all of this and I'm laughing at myself in my head because I'm like, yeah, it's this friggin hard as hell, right? Like I want to be the mom I want. I I feel responsibility. Like when you see your child making choices that like are going to make things, in my opinion, so hard, so much harder (laughs) than they need to be. And yet they are steadfast in that choice. You know, how do we be with them without shaming them, without guilting them, without making them feel like they aren't capable of thinking for themselves so I mean I don't have a really solid answer to that question because it's a complicated question like our our teens they need us to shut up they need us to (laughs) listen
0: and well I was gonna ask how we can keep communication open so we can shut up and listen in any other ways how else can we keep the lines of communication open
1: yeah, well, I mean, just being curious and like finding your way to non-judgment, which is kind of like, well, yeah, of course, except for it's friggin' hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so for those of us who have seven-year-olds, we're like, yeah, obviously I'm going to be non-judgmental. And those of you who have teenagers are like, yeah, easier said than done. Yeah, way easier said than done. And that,
1: you know, it's been this, you know, ongoing practice, especially I've had a very intense fall of just being in acceptance of right now. Mm, Yeah, that's a good one. Without trying to fix it, you know, because it's like...
0: Well, and when you're an, like you described in the beginning, unapologetic extrovert leader who like strategically manages friendships by texting people to say, hey, you're going to be my friend (laughs) to like step aside and... (laughs) let a teenager make choices. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I'm saying that out of love because I'm the same person. Like I'm the person that sends the text to someone to say like, Hey, we should totally be friends. So I relate to this so deeply. And so I also, when I think about like stepping aside to be more of an observer and support person rather than like the controller and the leader, that's very uncomfortable. Right. Um, And that's exactly
1: why we have the kids we have. Like, I mm -hmm. think that You know, I know both of my kids, I know like cosmically, you know, we all have our own spiritual practice. I believe that prior to these, this physical experience, we all came together and sat down and said, okay, these are the lessons that I want. And my daughter said, okay, great. I'm going to be this person for you. And I'm going to be relentless. (laughs) And you can either watch me. You can either work it out or not. That's your choice, you know, and, and I said the same to her, I'm sure. You know, I'm going to be this mom to you and you can either work it out or not. It's your choice. And when I remember that, when I come back to that, and I think that eventually, like five years from now, 10 years from now, we're all going to be looking back at this period of time and we're going to be able to see what the gifts are. We're going to be able to see what the lessons are. We're going to be able to say, wow, that was freaking hard. And I'm so glad that we got to live through it together. Like I just, I really trust that. That's what keeps me, that's what provides safety for me in a period of my life where the normal things that provide safety, control, certainty, just aren't tools that I get to be with because I get to share control and they're, you know, really certainty. I mean, I don't get to know the outcome
0: right now, so. Yeah. How are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? I mean, you kind of just gave a few, but
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, like I mentioned, I, well, it's interesting, you know, I feel like professionally, I do feel this, I, I recognize that there's this, you know, there's all these opportunities to provide a picture of like, look at us, look at me, we have it all together. Look at my sweet family. I think that I, you know, my authenticity, my vulnerability, my willingness to be who I am as a public person, I think is pretty shameless. And also it's how I show up to my family. Like I'm very open and vulnerable around my own shortcomings with my family too. like just last night I got to say to my nearly 17 year old, you know, like I'm an improv here. Like Mm -hmm. this is ad lib. I don't know. There's no book to navigate you know what is happening right now so you're gonna have to like give me a little bit of credit for yeah. when I mess up because I'm doing the best that I can and mm-hmm. I'm learning and growing and at the end of the day being in relationship with you and loving you is what's most important to me
0: yeah yeah so
1: I think those two
0: those are good yeah Oh, this has been so good, Casey. I feel like we could I'm talk for, for hours. Like, oh, oh so gosh, good. I hope you'd just let us go on and I know, on. I know. <laughs> I have another interview coming right up. Otherwise, I would. So tell people where they can find you, where they can tune into your show. And then I also want people to know that I will be on your show. I don't know the timing of that, but people get to hear us talk again. So. <laughs> Yay. Um, More to come. Yeah. So where can people so, find you? Yeah,
1: I'm on the social media. I'm on Instagram at Joyful underscore Courage. I'm on Facebook at Joyful Courage. I have two free groups um, of communities of parents who are just lovely and supporting each other. One is called Live in Love with Joyful Courage. And that's for anyone with kids. And then I have a other group, which is Joyful Courage for parents of teens, because those of you listening who have teens, you know, you don't want to hear it from anyone right. who doesn't have a teen yet. So right. I had to make a whole nother group for us. If it's okay, I would love to promote. I have a mini summit happening in the first week of February. I'm doing a, a five. It's a very mini summit. So it's five interviews with five experts all around um, adolescent mental health. And so if listeners are interested in checking in on that, you can go to joyfulcourage.com M H mini summit, all one word. But yeah, I have my website, joyfulcourage.com. You can find my podcast there or anywhere. I'm sure if you're listening to Shameless Mom, then you know where to find a podcast. Just search for Joyful Courage and you'll find my show as well, which comes out weekly too. And I can't wait to have you on.
0: Yay. I love it. All the things. Okay. So this has been amazing. I will have all the links linked up in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com. And Casey, oh, thank you so much for being here. This has been awesome it was worth the wait let's do it again not in three years <laughs> yes 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 yes. yes, yes. Um, thank sure. you thank you for spending time here today thank you so much